You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 29. Welcome to the best 20 minutes of natural health education and enlightenment on the web today. This is the Be Healthy Naturally podcast. Knowledge, empower, and elevate are the keys to living a happy, healthy life. With your hosts, often known as the Dynamic Duo, Dr. Shane Watt, a chiropractic physician, and Liz Watt, a holistic wellness expert. We bring our knowledge and education together to create a new way of thinking to elevate your life and your health. In order for you to live your best life, you have to elevate your learning. We want to welcome Alyssa Kuhn to the podcast today. She is a physical therapist who specializes in osteoarthritis. So Alyssa Kuhn is a doctor of physical therapy and founder of Keep the Adventures Alive. She is a recent transplant to Utah from the Midwest. She is on a mission to bring hope instead of frustration to those that are experiencing osteoarthritis and joint pain. She wants to keep your adventures alive so you don't end up living life from the couch. So isn't that true? That we so want, to, want, also, to, yeah, we want to experience life rather than just, you know, sit on the couch and observe life, right? Absolutely. And I find that all too often people just kind of accept pain as normal and then they just slowly stop doing things. And all of a sudden they've gained 50 pounds and it's like, I don't know <laughs> what to do next. And so that's kind of when. Which people- makes the osteoarthritis 10 times worse when they're heavier, right? Exactly. And, and then and they I- say, oh, I'll just wait till I get that knee transplant. Right, right. Because unfortunately, people think that that's kind of the easy way out. Like, well, I'll just get it replaced and then it'll be fine. But a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, it's an intense recovery and it's, you know, there's risks with surgery. And so and there's a, a lot, lot of pain. Exactly. And so, I mean, you're like looking at six months to a year of recovery, especially for these hips are a little bit easier, but it's just, it's definitely not the easy way out. And a lot of people don't want surgery. And that's when they kind of seek my help is, okay, how can I do this without going through surgery? You know, I was listening to the pod, this one podcast the other day and they were talking, they were interviewing this lady and she goes, you know, I used to exercise because I wanted to have a good body. Now I exercise so I can move. And isn't that true? Like we get to that point, it's like, okay, I'm not too concerned about exactly my body, but I want to be able to move. I want to be able to live life. I want to be able to do things. And if I don't keep on moving, then I'm just going to be sitting for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Like I saw one woman the other day who her main goal was just to be active with her kids and stop having knee pain so she can carry them up to their bedroom. And so, I mean, it's definitely goals definitely become more functional and less vain. I mean, obviously with weight gain and things, that is a huge driver, but I mean, it, it definitely becomes more functional and there's a little bit more purpose behind doing exercise and doing movement other than, you know, just having a good body and that sort of thing. So can you kind of explain to us what is osteo? osteoarthritis and what is like some of the myths that are around osteoarthritis? Yeah. So osteoarthritis, a lot of times people think it's wear and tear. And when you think about it, it's like, oh, I ran too much when I was younger. I played too much sports. And a lot of times then we kind of develop, okay, I have wear and tear. So there's nothing I can really do about it. But in reality, there's been tons of new research lately 
that is actually a chemical process that's happening in your joint. And it's triggered by some of those things that you just mentioned. So weight gain, obesity, not necessarily just the pressure on the joints themselves, but the more adipose tissue, the more fat tissue you have, the more inflammatory cells you also have. Genetics plays a huge part as well, which unfortunately, sometimes if it runs in your family, you're likely going to get it. Then there's eating an inflammatory diet. There's inactivity, like I mentioned, is one of them. So with the cartilage, so a lot of times people think it's wear and tear on the cartilage, but your cartilage actually enjoys movement. And a lot of times I see that people get fearful of movement because they think, I'm going to move and I'm going to further damage my joint, further damage the cartilage. But that's not actually true. So there's been research on both ends. So one end being doing strength training, doing exercise is going to increase the strength of your cartilage. Now, you can't regrow cartilage, but you can build the strength of the cartilage you have, but also inadequate loading. So if you're not loading it at all, you're not doing any activity, that speeds up the degeneration process. And so your cartilage actually likes movement. And so that's one of the big things. So it's definitely not wear and tear. There's a lot more that goes into it as far as lifestyle changes, things that we can modify. And if, so essentially all of these things trigger an inflammatory process. And that inflammatory process then kind of starts to wreak havoc when it's out of control. So we can make some of these modifications to that inflammatory process so that we get rid of some of those inflammatory cells and then rebuild and re-strengthen the cartilage that we have. And so it's not necessarily just a wear and tear, okay, I'm gonna have to give up everything, almost like a death sentence, that like you're just gonna be at the couch living your life from, for the rest of your life. There are things that we can do about it, and that's one of the biggest myths is that there's nothing we can do about it, but there actually is. And it was funny because I was looking at kind of the joint replacement um, statistics on who is appropriate for a joint replacement. Because a lot of people think you have arthritis, you're guaranteed to get a joint replacement. But in people with knee uh, arthritis, because a lot of times knee replacements are the most common, only about 12 to 15% of people were appropriate for a knee replacement. And so that was kind of crazy to actually put a number to it because it's not necessarily inevitable. And there are things you can do to really control that. So that was a really long tangent, but <laughs> it's basically an inflammatory process and it's not necessarily caused by wear and tear. So how, if you, if you did feel like you needed a knee replacement or something like that, how would you know if you are more of a candidate to just get the osteoarthritis work that you do? rather than because to where knees are the biggest thing or continue on with the surgery so i actually have a youtube video on this because it's not necessarily just like answer these three questions check these three boxes you need a new replacement there's a kind of a lot that goes into it and one of its age so joints typically last between 15 and 20 years depending on the type of implant so i mean if you're 40 looking at a revision around 60 between 60 and 70 i mean hopefully we live that long so you might need a almost a guaranteed revision at that point the second one is really looking at just kind of social aspects and your quality of life if your pain is truly limiting your quality of life that you can't even walk around you can't go to the grocery store you can't do any of these things 
and it's truly impacting your happiness, your, you're feeling depressed, all of these things, then that's another thing to take into consideration. But if you're just kind of having local pain that you notice it every once in a while, or it's starting to become a little bit more constant when you do something, and you haven't really given a true effort to conservative management. So you haven't really, you maybe tried a couple of exercises, they didn't really work, but we haven't really given that true effort of conservative management, including diet, getting rid of some of the inflammatory foods that you're eating, and taking on more of the anti-inflammatory foods. If you haven't increased your movement, if you haven't tried some of these things, then we don't necessarily know if they could work for you. And so I always recommend trying conservative treatments, really taking some time to think about what is this pain truly limiting you from? And if you get a joint replacement, are you going to take the initiative to move? Are you going to take the initiative to really start to work on your diet and things? Because these problems don't necessarily go completely away. You still have some of those inflammatory cells. And the recovery, like I mentioned, is hard work. And if you're not going to increase your mobility afterwards, or you're not going to give it necessarily good effort, then you might not get the appropriate outcomes anyways. And so you really kind of have to think like how dedicated you are with this, how much of an effort that you've given before. And now surgery is not necessarily always demonized. I know tons of people that have had success, but it's just making sure that we kind of hit some of those things first. Conservative doesn't work for everyone. So that's especially if it's more severe or we, you know, kind of waited too long or that sort of thing. But it's definitely more of a complex question than, you know, just kind of check these three boxes and then you get a new replacement. So I do have what a. Are, what are some of the things that you are doing to try to help the joint so it doesn't continue to deteriorate them? Yes. So that's a great question. And so movement is one of them. Right. It's not everything. So getting your body. So once we kind of think about, we have, first have to think about pain a little bit differently. Just because you have pain doesn't mean you're doing more damage to your joint. And you might have some discomfort when starting an exercise program, but that doesn't necessarily mean, like I said, you're doing more damage. So we have to kind of change our mindset around pain a little bit. And what I do is I help retrain your body that movements don't have to hurt. And that's through good movement, building strength in places that maybe we're lacking, really starting to show your body success, that you really can move in these ways without pain. And so a lot of times, like take, for example, stairs, building single leg strength, building the lateral hip strength, building all sorts of different things not necessarily just knee strength, is going to help train, but we don't try to do stairs until you know a few weeks down the road because we have to build up that strength first and really retrain your body that it doesn't have to hurt. But also we have to go into diet, so just small changes to your everyday um, diet. It's not necessarily follow this four week crash course diet type thing, but it's just making small changes Sleep plays a big part as well. If you're not getting adequate sleep, that can affect pain. Which so is kind of a hard thing if someone's in pain because they don't sleep very good normally. Right, exactly. And so and it's, it's, a, a, it's, a major, it's a major healing mechanism that, that comes into play with because they're hurting, they don't sleep. And because they don't sleep, their body doesn't heal. Absolutely. And so we try to decrease pain during the day 
give you some more confidence because a lot of pain can be physical, but it also can be the way you believe and the way you think about it. And so really retraining that, giving you more confidence. And then there's also some more sleep strategies you can do aside from pain relief that can help with that. Um, but it's kind of a multifaceted thing. It's not necessarily just exercise that you need. So we kind of go through a few of these things, movement more in depth than others, but definitely mentioning and education is a huge part of arthritis itself, changing the way we kind of think about it. So Alyssa, I feel like I actually do have osteoarthritis. Well, we know that you do. When I was 15, I tore out my knee completely and I've had five knee operations since then. And it has like been a huge, um, uh, it has affected my life. In, she only in, has about a 90 degree angle. On one of my knees. Oh, bend. Okay. And so I, yeah, and I, it doesn't bend past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of things like what, what is it? I know I might be one of the extreme cases, whatever, but I don't really want to have surgery right now. I don't want to get a, a knee replacement. Yeah. You know that once I do that, then it's going to, it's going to be a lot different. And you know, when I was younger, they said, hold off till you're 40. Well now, you know, I'm 47 and I'm like, okay, let's see how much longer I can hold off till because I yeah. don't want to get that knee replacement because you know, it's like as, um, uh, technology advances I mean it's better than what it was when I was younger yeah but technology is going to continue to advance and I really would like to hold off as long as I could so what are some of the things that I could do other people can do um, and I don't know if we want to go back to the knees or whatever like what is it that we can do to help us with that we can implement today to help us with our osteoarthritis so one of the things with range of motion, it's really kind of trying to figure out what's limiting it the most. It could be muscle tightness. When we have pain, our muscles tighten up. <clears throat> or it could be something in the joint that's actually holding it back from the range of motion. And we see that sometimes, but a lot of times it's muscle tightness. And so there are a few just seated exercises just to kind of start to, so the biggest thing is just keep the joint moving. So the more that we keep it moving in, not necessarily like high impact stuff and things like that, but even just simple seated things is going to really help out because those inflammatory cells are really love when we don't move. So when we're in a, when we're laying down, when we're sitting down with our legs bent on the ground or sitting in a position where we don't move very often, those inflammatory cells come in and they nestle down. And so one of the things I always tell people is try to keep moving about every 20 minutes. And that doesn't necessarily mean get up and walk around and things like that, but just doing simple like knee extensions where you're just sitting, if you're sitting in a chair, I mean, just straightening and bending. So you don't have to lift your leg up in the air like that, but just kicking out every once in a while, like every 15, 20 minutes, even doing like hip marching, just simple things and just being aware that if you start moving more, you won't notice so much of that stiffness. That is one of the biggest things that has helped a lot of people. Morning stiffness is also one. So doing a few just very simple movements can really help get that blood flowing. Massage also helps that blood flow. So if you just kind of massage the joint that's bothering you, just lightly, it doesn't have to be as hard as you can. 
but that improves the blood flow. And when we can improve the blood flow, that helps circulate some of those inflammatory cells out as well. And I have YouTube examples on all of this, depending on the joint, whether it's hip, knee, ankle, shoulder, of just some simple, simple things. Because a lot of times we try to make it way too complex, when really it just needs to be some simple movement that doesn't hurt or flare up pain. And so one of the things is if you're sitting, even standing for a long period of time in one position, just really trying to move your knee or move your leg as much as possible. So that way you can really kind of help keep that blood flowing and help keep those inflammatory cells out. And this is a little bit off topic only because it's, we're talking a little bit about Liz. Hers, I think a lot is because scar tissue. It just doesn't budge anymore, you know, and we've tried yeah. All kinds of different areas, but and that's one thing that people don't understand is the end stage of inflammation is scar tissue. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to do that rehab when you're supposed to do it. But she was basically like when she first had her surgery, two weeks after she had surgery again because she got staph infection. Well, five weeks later. Five weeks later, and that and that was back in the olden days when they wouldn't let you move your leg; they put it in a cast kind of thing, and you didn't do anything for so. So, which was, you know, so as we like, know, a flawed philosophy, yeah. but now it's like rehab as fast as you can and get things moving as fast as you can kind of thing. Absolutely. And, and go, breaking up scar tissue is not a fun thing. We've, we've thought about knocking her out and just going in there and, <laughs> doing, you know, that's a hard, that's not an easy thing. Yes, yes. And it's, it's definitely, I mean, when you get a knee replacement and a knee surgery now, depending on what it is, I mean, you're up the same day or next day. Yeah. Um, so it definitely is something and a previous injury like that definitely puts you more at risk. So an ACL, MCL, um, a rotator cuff tear, all of those things definitely put you more at risk. So, I mean, if you have some of that scar tissue, it might be a little bit harder to break up and actually get some movement back. But at least with 90 degrees, you can, you know, pretty well do stairs for the most part usually you need like about a hundred degrees hundred going down is you can tell if you know her you can see that she goes downstairs a little different than just walking every other stair she kind of yeah. has to turn her body a little bit in order I to not, yeah or with we're hiking in the mountains but yeah we still do a lot of stuff yeah. and that's and you thing. don't have tons and tons of pain in the knee do you well it just depends no. it depends yeah. on how much you pressure you put on it you know, when I was um, looking at your stuff, Alyssa, you are very much into educating the public and you put out a lot of information, a lot of time, a lot of your time to be able to inform the public on how they can improve their, their life. And you created a thing called Keep the Adventures Alive. Can you kind of tell us what Keep the Adventures Alive is? Yeah. So I created Keep the Adventure Alive. So I moved from Ohio where there's not really much going on as far as I thought outdoor. you moved from Lake Michigan since you got the shirt. I'm originally from Michigan, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then it, so I've been in the Midwest most of my life. And so And now you moved to the real Midwest since we're kind of the middle of the Midwest, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> the real Midwest, yes. <laughs> um, so there wasn't a whole lot of adventure out there, and then we moved here. And there is so much to do. I see people, you know, cycling, hiking at any age. And that kind of sparked the idea of Keep the Adventure Alive. And we specialized in arthritis because there is a little adventure in people that have arthritis. And that's just because the 
we are not educated on the what arthritis actually is. People become fearful and then live life from the couch. When really we can keep adventures alive if we have the right information. And some of it is, you know, doctors don't necessarily have time to explain it. There's been quite a few studies that people just want more information. And they don't really get it from traditional healthcare professionals. No, if you're going if you're going mainstream medical, you don't get squat only because they're on a time frame. You have this insurance, you get ten minutes, and that's not. A, and and honestly, most doctors, let's be honest, most regular medical doctors have no clue about this stuff. And there's been studies on that as well that people don't necessarily have confidence being a healthcare professional, educating people on arthritis. Their, their, their education is here, take this pill because that's what I know. Exactly. Or giving general guidance like lose weight or exercise. When I mean, wh how, what is that doing? <laughs> that's like People aren't going to do that. And so that is why I've kind of made it my mission. So I am outside of the traditional medical model. I am a mobile physical therapist. So I travel to people's homes to make it most convenient for you, especially now because gyms aren't open and things giving you exercises to do at the gym, the compliance is a little bit um, wishy-washy now because we don't even know if gyms are going to stay open or whatever. So I make sure that you can understand and can do exercises successfully in your home and really start to work on, so I have tons more time with people. I don't have to worry. I've been there, done that with all the documentation, all the paperwork. You're basically running like a cash practice because you're not billing insurance or anything like that because you want to spend more time and be more technical with, with a patient. Yes. And it's not even necessarily just the time component. It's I am super flexible. So I can do like I can give you an exercise program afterwards. I can see you like once a week, once a month. You can text me, you can call me if something comes up. So there's a ton more flexibility and we don't have to be dictated by the insurance model. And so, yes, I am a cash pay provider. I'm out of network. And so I can't, you can submit your claims for reimbursement. That's still an option. But most of the people, quite honestly, don't do that. Because um, they always say, well, my insurance is a nightmare. And it's like, well, that's exactly why I don't deal with insurance. Well, and also if you're at a network, there's usually a monster deductible that only applies if you're at a network, so it's not really worth it. Exactly. Either. And so most of the time it's, you know, but anyway, so I take HSA and all that fun stuff, but it just kind of it gets rid of the middleman of the insurance and all of those guidelines. And I can, we can pretty much do whatever we want. Like if you want to work on your shoulder one day, if you want to work on your knee one day, if you want just some exercises at home, you don't have to see a doctor first to get a referral. Um, I see clients kind of all across the spectrum. One woman today I talked to, she just wants an exercise program for her neck and shoulder because every time she tries to start one, she hurts herself. And so I was like, I just want someone to kind of come in um, and give me, you know, an exercise program to do. But then also I have people with joint pain, back pain, knee pain that really just kind of want to get more movement back in their lives and we kind of definitely have the flexibility to do all of that so um how can how can people get a hold of you Alyssa? so my website is probably the best place so it's www.keeptheadventurealive.com and i also have a youtube channel that like i said has tons of videos it's if you just search Alyssa adventure alive you'll find my channel 
Um, but also I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, but those are kind of the two main things. And then I also just released an online course called the Osteoarthritis Starter Pack that kind of answered all of the questions that we just talked about uh -huh. because the information is so lacking. So it just kind of, it's basically, if you have knee pain, if you have arthritis, if you have just joint pain in general, here are, we're going to go through why the pain is happening, what we can do about the pain, and actually make a plan. And so that's on my website as well. So you were part of our conference for the virtual conference that we did for 2020. Yeah. And you had a phenomenal um, presentation for everyone. So if you have not gone on and taken her class that she did her interactive class, get on there and do it because she really explains a lot and was really a great benefit to our conference. Yeah, so it just basically exercises to get started with and essentially why these exercises are good because I think people do better when they know why they're doing something versus just being told to to squat or something like why are you yeah. so if you've purchased the conference get on there and just look for her interactive class if you haven't purchased the conference you can still get on the website it's $47 for the whole conference and you get to have many interactive classes plus many um, doctors um, teachers um, experts that have really put a lot of time and effort to help educate people and all about natural health. So where are you based out of? Like, where do you live then? So I live in Sandy. Oh, okay. Um, but I see people, you know, kind of all over. I have a couple people up in Park City. I have, um, so that's what's also nice is I can be a little flexible, but yeah, we just moved into down to Sandy about three weeks ago. And so you see people in person. Do you also do it virtually? I can. I prefer to do at least the first one in person. If you want to be um, hands on, yeah, if you're hands on, you're hands on kind of thing. It's hard to do yeah. on virtually. Yeah, and it definitely can be done virtually. I like to at least kind of do the first visit in person, um, but we can absolutely do all, like if you're down in St. George or if you're like up north, I mean, we can absolutely do it virtually as well. Well, thank you, Alyssa, for joining us today. And thank you for, you know, you just contributing so much to our community. And I hope everyone takes advantage of what you have to offer because you have really um, put yourself out there a lot and created a platform that people can uh, learn so much about how to take care of themselves and just yeah. increase their health to live a better life so that you can keep your adventure alive. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you for thank joining you so us today and we will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, helping to make natural healthcare the standard, not the alternative. The more knowledge you have empowers you to make changes in your life. And because of this, your life will be elevated. Remember, your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your healthcare goals are not being met by your current healthcare provider, then take control of your health and please find a doctor who is in harmony with your healthcare goals. If this episode was helpful and if you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, share and leave a review. Sometimes all it takes to be our best self is just to elevate our learning. Music